successful media and public affairs consultant, accomplished entrepreneur and national writer and contributor, attorney who served in the Missouri House of Representatives, worked in the White House and CNN, thought leader, entrepreneur, and host who takes the conversation to the next level. Prepare to get rare access to fascinating guests. You're connected. You have the it factor. You've joined Grill Nation. Get out of Connect with Jason on Twitter at Jason Grill. Connect with the show on Twitter at Grill Nation Show. And online at GrillNationShow.com. Welcome your host of Grill Nation. Always dressed up and ready to go even in a radio studio. Here's Jason Grill. Hello and welcome to the Grill Nation Show here on 980 AM KMBZ. I appreciate you joining me as well today via iTunes. Uh, If you're listening via podcast or at grillnationshow.com. Hope you're having a great start to 2019. Very excited about today's show. Uh, we're going to be talking to uh, one of our title sponsors as well as a successful entrepreneur and business owner here in the Kansas City area who actually is uh, working in a, an amazing industry, a fun industry. and it, it, We're not going to be uh, sharing any boring information. Today. This is going to be a lot of fun today on the Grill Nation Show. As always, you connect with me on Twitter at Jason Grill and at Grill Nation Show. Title sponsors of the show are MoBank and BOK Financial, Trust and Two West Advisors and Ryan Rink. Contributors to the Grill Nation Show include the KCADC, uh, that's the Kansas City Area Development Council, Brian Sarf with True Wealth and Company, and the Rieger and Jay Rieger and Co. and Ryan Maybe. Uh, on today's show, we are joined by one of our title sponsors, uh, MoBank BOK Financial, who joins me each and every month, and each and every month, they bring on a very cool, successful Kansas City entrepreneur, and today is no excep- exception to that rule. We have Steve Hawley joining us, uh, who's the founder at the Kansas City Beer Company. Uh, their website is kcbeer, that's B-I-E-R dot com. I'm also joined by Melissa Valenciano, uh, who is the uh, Vice President of Relationship Management and Business Banking at MoBank and BOK Financial. Is that right? And uh, an old friend of the show who has joined us before, Mark Fitzpatrick as well from MoBank, BOK Financial. Welcome to the show, everyone. How is everyone today? Doing great. great. It's great. great to have you all in studio. Um, first off, let's start with uh, let's start with the bankers, okay? And tell us about a little bit about your guests that you have joining us today. We'll start so, with Melissa. Yeah, we're we're really happy to to have Steve on the on the show. Mark and I are both big fans of. Casey beer and like to have it stocked in our fridge. So um, we're excited to uh, share a little bit more about Casey beer with um, more folks in Kansas city. Very cool. Steve, welcome to the show. I know you, uh, you have kind of a exciting uh, background and whatnot. Let's start with that. Uh, and then we're going to get into your beer company. Um, you're a financial guy via trade, right? Uh, I am. I graduate from Northwest Missouri state. Had an MBA, and then I went on to University of Wisconsin in Madison and got a MS in real estate investment finance. So mm-hmm. I worked in banking or real estate finance for over thirty years. How'd you get to Wisconsin? That's interesting. I've been to that university; it's a beautiful campus, nice. Uh, what brought uh, you from Northwest uh, to uh, Madison? Well, I, I I worked in banking for about five years after I graduated from Northwest, and then um, I was in real estate here in Kansas City. So I was sent to a real estate banking course at the University of Wisconsin because they have a had one of the first real estate focused business programs. So I went up there for a week. Um, I went to the student union because I had heard when I was a, a student at Northwest that 
you could get a beer in the student union yes, at the University can. of Wisconsin. <laughs> and I proved that point. And it was a nice summer day, and they have a wonderful beer garden there mm-hmm. uh, called I've the Terrace there. on Lake Mendota. So, uh, yeah, I kind of thought, well, this is great. And then I got into the classes that week. The head of the real estate department, uh, Jim Grasscamp, was one of the lecturers. So I went up asked him, how do I enroll in school up here? So I went to school at Wisconsin because I liked real estate, and I looked like a great school and a great beer culture. <laughs> yeah, right. I got to say, I've actually visited uh, that university and done some work there uh, with uh, their state government there, and uh, I actually did the same thing. Yeah. I went to that terrace, and I, I kind of saw all these fraternity and sorority houses, and I I kind of was like, wow, like how is this? How is it's not college atmosphere? You know, you're, there's people like in boats and, it's a and, and beers, place. and I'm just yeah. like this. This is not the uh, the visual people think of when they think of Madison, Wisconsin, and in, in, in the winter time yeah. and the you cold. You can go ice fishing in the winter. <laughs> Equally as popular. So you have a background like like our uh, title sponsors, uh, Mark and Melissa here, uh, and kind of understand uh, a lot about real estate banking and whatnot. So that's really cool. Are you from Kansas City originally? Uh, family's originally from St. Louis, but I grew up in Kansas City from the age of twelve. Okay. Grew up here. That's very cool. What's yeah. Northwest? Um, okay, so what? Uh, we got a lot of show, but tell us about the transition. I mean, you did this for thirty years in real estate and banking, and all over the country. And you yeah, just decided I, 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 I should probably mention my my family is uh, German by heritage, okay. and my father still spoke German as a boy. So I got interested in that. I I took German in high school and college. Actually, double majored in business and. German at Northwest. So that was always something that was an interest to me. I did like beer. And then to further my uh, German studies, I studied abroad in Hamburg, Germany for a semester. So mm-hmm. I got entered, I would already liked beer, but I got to try fresh German beer. And so something I remembered, stayed interested in beer, uh, did a lot of reading about it, eventually started home brewing. And then probably 15 or 20 years ago, decided I wanted to get into the craft beering, beer brewing business. So mm-hmm. um, I started planning for that uh, career after I retired from the finance world. And um, so I, I passed the uh, diploma brewer's exam. Uh, I wrote a lot of beer articles for magazines, also uh, two books, uh, Handbook of Basic Brewing Calculations, and then the Beer Steward Handbook is the senior editor on that project. So mm. And then sort of when I felt I had gotten some beer uh, knowledge under my belt and I reached 55 and I could retire from Northwestern Mutual Life, I did move back to Kansas City. I was working in Dallas uh, to open the brewery here. Very cool. Mark, did you know how to do all this stuff when you were uh, growing up? I, I think we just drank the beer, right? I was very good at drinking. <laughs> but, but. <laughs> Two things I noticed in that, that conversation was that your dad spoke German at home. That's pretty cool. I mean... You don't see that very often. Yeah, we would watch a, a TV show, and there would be a, a German soldier in some war movie or combat was the 1960s thing I used to watch on TV. And it's, Pop, what did they say? So I thought that was the coolest thing. So, um, yeah, when I had to choose a foreign language in school, that's what I chose. Mm-hmm. Other thing you mentioned, too, was studying abroad. I think we all could. I did that uh, in Rome when I was in college. I feel like, and I had a chance to travel to Germany, I feel like that was probably opened your eyes to to, to what's possible and to other cultures and seeing Germany up close I, really I, kind of influenced you. I, I Yes, it, it furthered my uh, capabilities in German, but more so also seeing other cultures, seeing how things um, are done in other lands, other cultures, mm-hmm. um, 
It makes you more tolerant. I think it opens your eyes to looking at different ways that uh, life goes on. So it was a great experience for more than just academic reasons. Mm-hmm. One of the things uh, when I was in Germany, I, I said I'm from uh, America. I have a German descent. And these two guys at this bar were like, we're not German. We're Bavarian. Yeah. They, they I, go by their states. It's like if you were in Missouri, you're like, I, and someone's like, right. you're from Kansas City, Kansas. I'm like, I'm from Kansas City, Missouri. They're well, very strong on their, that, their that's culture. That's true. So my business partner, Jürgen Hager, is from Bavaria. So Bavarians are kind of like Texans. They, they, <laughs> they were their own separate nation at one time, and they like to be referred to as Bavarians, not Germans. That's so true. <laughs> so true. Well, this is going to be a fun show. Uh, again, joined today by... Uh, Mark Fitzpatrick and Melissa Valenciano from MoBank, BOK Financial, and Steve Hawley, who's the uh, founder of KC Beer Co. Website is kcbier.com. Guys, this is going to be fun. We're going to talk more about the business, the growth, your unique style, kind of the craft market in general, and Kansas City's uh, influence and, and help, help growing this brand. You're listening to The Grill Nation Show. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show here at 980 AM, KMBZ, and also on iTunes if you're listening via podcast and on our website at grillnationshow.com where I'll post photos of our guests today as well as you can find information to all of our shows, all of our sponsors, and more at grillnationshow.com. With me today is Steve Hawley. He's the uh, founder of Casey Beerco, uh, Melissa Valenciano, and Mark Fitzpatrick as well from MoBank, BOK Financial. Uh, check out KC Beer at KCBIER.com. They are putting the I back in beer. Uh, Steve, welcome back to the show. This company has a lot of German influence, correct? As That's far correct. As, yes. as far as the makeup, everything you've done. Um, before we get to kind of the decision to start the business, tell us again uh, kind of what your niche is in, in the craft brewing area. Uh, so our goal is to make authentic-tasting German-style beer and serve that at the same level of freshness that you would get if you were sitting in a beer hall in Bavaria. So we got the authentic flavor by importing all of our hops and malt from Germany. Um, I think those ingredients, just like grapes, have terroir, uh, the climate and the soils where they're grown affect how they they taste. So um, one's not better than the other, but we're trying to recreate German flavor. So we use imported German ingredients. Uh, secondly, myself and our head brewer both took brewing classes in Bavaria at the Dumans Academy. So we follow very traditional um, brewing methods to make our beer. And then because we're local, obviously, uh, we can deliver our beer at a higher freshness level than a, a German beer that's imported on a hot, slow ship over the ocean because freshness does have a big impact on how beer tastes. Mm-hmm. And this is a kind of unique, you know, German beer, lagers, they didn't have the, the craft beer revival, right? It was more the pale ale type drinks that people were drinking. Yeah, so so Germany's a, a different beer culture. It's, it's sort of like what the United States was 25, 30 years ago. Um, most of the beer people drink there are or is a pale German Pilsner. Now it's got more hops and malt character than the domestic lagers here in the United States. But generally, people aren't very adventuresome in Germany. They uh, 
drink beer that you know they've always drunk and they don't really explore a lot of different things but uh, that's changing though there are some some craft beers uh making headway over there yeah and i will say this guys when i was in college and when i went to SLU, i told you that off air um i could get a bud light or a budweiser at about every bar in st louis there was nothing more until schlafly came around and then uh i remember getting a keg of schlafly for a party and people were like what is this thicker So it's it's definitely evolved, right? But, I mean, yeah, but I know when Mark and I grew up, there was basically one kind of beer in the United States. It was a pale domestic lager. Uh-huh. And so people in our generation that grew up drinking beer, that's what beer was. You didn't try any other beer. That was There was one <laughs> style of beer. So, And this, this still is a little bit per- pervasive in the beer culture in the United States. Sometimes people see anything that doesn't look like um, Budweiser, Miller, or Coors, that's not really beer. That's some crazy thing that, Mm-hmm. People drink, and that's not really beer. You got to be sort of a a hippie yeah. beer nerd to drink that stuff. But that's changing. Mm-hmm. Definitely has changed. You guys have probably seen that change. I mean, there's there's all kinds of new things on the shelves these days. Well, I'm I'm like you growing up, and and like Steve said, my generation it was it was Bud Bud Light, Coors Light, whatever. I'm and, sold that there wasn't even Bud Light around no, when I started right. drinking I beer. <laughs> Bush and so many anything. So, but yeah, I I've over the years really become to appreciate uh, the craft beer. And mm-hmm. when I travel, I want to go try the local brew. And one thing Steve said that makes his beer so so good is the freshness. Mm-hmm. Uh, it when it it you know I I went to the Guinness uh, tour in Ireland when I was there a few years ago, mm-hmm. and it tasted different there than it does here. Mm-hmm. Uh, it, it was so fresh, and I think that's the key here. Is this, the Casey beer is even the bottled and canned is so fresh; it just just has a better flavor to it. I love it. Um, okay, so let's talk about business. So we left, you retired. What was that like? You know, you retired from this thirty-year career. You said, "I'm going to start a beer company, and we're going to make German lagers." Yeah. So what, I, what is that like? Yeah, I I worked in the commercial real estate uh, field, and I did a lot of projects in Kansas City, we, Northwestern Mutual Finance. Corporate Woods, a country called Plaza, the American Century mm-hmm. Towers. Mm-hmm. I absolutely loved real estate, so it was a hard business to to leave, and and I still miss it sometimes. And I still like to get together with friends and talk about the business. And what but year was that when you left? I I retired in uh, end of January two thousand thirteen. Okay, and so then you the survived, you survived oh, the crash, and for, then you kept, you kept doing real estate deals. I and did. started coming back, but I remember the knots in my stomach when I went to my boss and told him I was retiring because. Uh, um, as a big step, I was, I had a, a pretty good job and I took fewer retirement benefits by leaving early, but I'm not a, I'm, I'm a risk adverse per- person. I've worked for a very conservative life insurance company. In fact, when, um, we went, we went with MoBank, I remember telling Julie, our loan officer at that time, Julie, if, if I was you, I wouldn't make a loan to our company because <laughs> I'm, <laughs> I'm too conservative. But anyway, I'm glad they did and they were, they've been great too. But yeah, it was a little bit scary, but I, I felt like I had this calling. I, I felt like, uh, we could do beer a different way, uh, ex- in, introduce people to a different type of beer and, and brewing. So it was almost like a calling. It was something if I didn't do, I think I would have regretted mm-hmm. uh, the rest of my so you've life. You've been thinking about it for years. I, I had been, yes. So your 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 family knew about this? Yes. <laughs> yeah. Usually it's the entrepreneur that's like, hey, I'm quitting my job and putting up a shingle and, we'll, and that, that conversation. Yeah, in in fact, the people I work for weren't surprised either. They knew how um, 
involved I was, you know, with writing. I was a judge at the Great American Beer Festival. I lectured on beer. So Mm -hmm. it wasn't like anybody fell off their chair and said, oh, my gosh, I can't believe you're doing this. Mm -hmm. Melissa, do you see this a lot with people that come through your uh, doors at MoBank? Do they have these conversations with you or they they have everything buttoned up before they walk in? You know, it it really varies. Um, I think Steve is is unique in that he has that um, financial background and and really, um, you know, came came to the bank with that um, acumen. Mm-hmm. And uh, but but we certainly have a lot of entrepreneurs that come to us and they need more um, consultation than than maybe Steve did. So it it really varies. Mm. So certainly getting financing was important, but but I also raised a lot of equity. And so back in my real estate days, we did a lot of joint venture financing where we had partners and we did limited liability companies or partnerships to form a specific entity to do something. So uh, we have 46 partners in the brewery. And so I had to do a little uh, dog and pony show where I made beer. The investors could come to a meeting, they could try a beer. And then I, I made my pitch on what we were going to do. So um, I not 46, only had six, I got to stop you there. 46. Right. I, I not only That's had impressed the bankers, but I had impressed the, um, the investors. So still to this day, we probably have raised, um, Twice as much equity as we we do on bank debt. So, I'm, I'm, like I said, I'm conservative. <laughs> Failing like, was like more that. a concern than being successful. Successful, I think, for me. Hey, if you don't have to mean, and we love the bank, but if if you can get yeah. financing and not dilute yourself too much, you know, and then call your friends over at Mo Bank Bioka Financial when you need a little extra help to grow the company to the next level, right? right. When right. Steve Steve came in, I, I the first meeting we had with him, I. Julie called me in and asked me to join it because she thought I knew a lot about beer, which I don't know anything about making it, but I knew about drinking it. <laughs> but she called me in. I, at Steve's first meeting was one of the few that is, I've never forgotten because it was such an impressive presentation. He came in basically with a, a book he had written about making beer, and it was like a chemistry book. And it, and it was obvious he knew what he was talking about, but he also understood financing. He also understood the need for equity and to have skin in the game. So it was, uh, uh, it was a very impressive first meeting and, uh, we're certainly glad we yeah. alone. So. And Steve, you wanted to uh, do it here in Kansas city. I did. So I, I grew up here, went to Hickman Mills high school, then Northwest Missouri state, but still my closest friends were the guys I knew when I was 14 years old, uh, in junior high and high school. So I, I played softball baseball and then softball with these guys uh, after we got out of college. So, yeah, I, I still have friends and family here, so I love Kansas City. This is where I wanted to live, whether I was doing beer or anything else. Uh, after I retired, I wanted to move back here, and I couldn't think of a better city to open a new brewery. Uh, there was basically one large brewery in Kansas City Boulevard that was packaging beer and selling it uh, outside their own walls, you know, the a mm-hmm. beer um brew pub or something so i felt like there was a there was an opportunity here which i I think was true now there's been a lot of breweries open in in the last five years since we opened but that's happened in every city across the united states oh yeah definitely is in our next segment i want to talk to you about the brand and the name and uh the the beers you actually have how many offerings you have um kind of where you started with you know boulevard started with the boulevard wheat um talk more about that because you chose the name casey beer co which I think is kind of interesting. So I wanted the name to convey two things, two messages. One, we're local, mm-hmm. uh, Kansas City, and then beer is spelled B-I-E-R. That's the German spelling. So when somebody sees that, they know we're a local company that makes German-style beer. So 
Um, if, if you've seen our packaging or our uh, tap handles, uh, they're red. Mm-hmm. So when you walk into a, a bar and you see our tap handle on the um, draft wall, you, you'll see it as you will see our really red packages on a retail shelf. But uh, we felt that German-style beer was a neglected style, was a niche. Um, it is also something to make it, I think, in a traditional way, is much different than the ales that are made uh, in by most craft brewers um, and uh, mostly British and Belgian style. So mm-hmm. we felt there was a, there was a niche. Uh, you've been to Germany. You probably loved the beer when you were there. I loved the, the everything, the beer, the, <laughs> yeah. the parties, the, so, the beer gardens. The, so yeah, we wanted to capture that same flavor, we'll get to. right? <laughs> and so that's the niche we went to, and we designed a brewery that would follow very traditional uh, brewing methods to get that authentic flavor. Uh, I sp- did go to brewing school there for a short period of time, mm-hmm. and I toured a lot of breweries, and I speak German. So uh, in some of the smaller breweries in a s- small town, uh, that's helpful to be able to do that. And so I got a lot of information from those people. We love it. We'll be right back with more Grill Nation. You're listening to 980 AM KMBZ. I got that sunshine in my pocket. Got that good soul in my feet. I feel that hot blood in my body when it drops. back to the Grill Nation show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. Thanks for joining me today on 980 AM. And if you're listening on podcast uh, via iTunes, we greatly appreciate it. Uh, today's guest is Steve Hawley, who's the founder of KC Beer Co. The website is kcbier.com. Also joined today by title sponsors of the Grill Nation show, uh, MoBank BOK Financial with us today are Melissa Valenciano and Mark Fitzpatrick. Two great folks, great bank. Uh, if you're an entrepreneur, a business owner, or a person looking to uh, get a loan on a successful company, they're the people you should call, correct? Absolutely. <laughs> Please do. Steve, uh, okay, so we've been having a great conversation about your your start and whatnot, and one of the things that I noticed before I saw your beer and knew about your beer was that you had a location in Waldo, uh, right on the uh, trolley trail, and a uh, great location where you can see the, the beer garden when you're jogging, walking your dog, whatever, from behind. Um, to me, that's always been something that's pretty cool uh, with craft breweries. I mentioned I would went to college at St. Louis and Schlafly had a, a tap room and Boulevard did not. And I was kind of always thinking to myself, this place in St. Louis is so cool back then. I mean, it was, it was cool. People went there. They had great food. They had great atmosphere. And then Boulevard never had a, didn't have one of those back then. And I thought, what a, what a great way to like bring people in and, and serve food and drink and market. And then a lot of people don't do that. You chose to do that. Um, tell us the reasoning behind having an actual place where people could come drink your beer and eat. Uh, as well as having the, the, the wholesale and retail? So basically two reasons. One, when you're starting up a new brewery, you don't have any customers because you really can't pre-sell beer until you make it. So uh, when you have a tasting room, people can immediately come in and they can try your beer. And then hopefully when you start distributing it, there's already some demand where they go into a restaurant or bar. They'll see your beer. They'll order it. So number one is, is immediate cash flow when you open two. And especially for our brewery, uh, we make German style beer, and that's what we want to uh, image. We want to put in people's brains when when they see our brand. So we have a, a tasting room that is very authentic in terms of we have a Bavarian style beer garden. Uh, it's very popular in the neighborhood Waldo where we're at. Uh, we get a lot of families come in with kids. Uh, we encourage of, of 
community meeting place mm-hmm. to have a beer, not some smoky dark place where men drink shots and you know, <laughs> pound beer and you know away from their wives somewhere. So it's more of a beer garden. Type so we wanted to yeah. promote our, our German Bavarian image by having a place where you could drink our beer and get it in the proper glassware uh, in a beer garden and in a communal beer hall atmosphere. We have long tables where people sit together um, and and talk to people they don't know possibly. Uh, we don't have a lot of food, and uh, but we do have very authentic food. We get sausages from a couple of uh, German butchers in the United States, but they are German butchers. Uh, you had mentioned you like our pretzels. Well, I, I are, I'm looking forward to trying them. JP, the producer of the show, has sent me a photo of them, and I, yeah. uh, I but, my dad is also German and loves pretzels and grew up in St. Louis and would pick them up on the side of the road. Gus's pretzels, I think they were called, or some pretzel Yeah, place. that's Gus's in, in, I yeah. think it is in and St. So Louis. Not, now i got to bring people to right. try your pretzels. So they are they are different. So they're imported from Bavaria, uh, par baked, and then we finish them in a convection oven and serve them in in the brewery. But wow. I might mention an interesting thing about the liquor laws in Missouri. So originally, a, a wholesale brewery like Budweiser Boulevard cannot sell their beer by the glass at the brewery. Mm-hmm. And Schlafly is the the are the people that figured this this thing out. And what everybody does now is. Uh, a brewery can't sell their beer by glass, but a winery can sell their wine by the glass, by the bottle. They can sell beer. They can sell liquor. Mm-hmm. So Schlafly figured out that if we get a winemaker's license and we make the minim- minimum amount of wine or fermented beverage from fruit, and it's usually cider, we can sell our beer at the brewery. So that's what everybody does, including <laughs> Boulevard and Schlafly, and we have a winemaker's license. We have to make 200 gallons of cider a year so we can sell our oh, beer yeah. in our own tasting room. We got to go to Jeff City, and I'll tell you this: when I was a legislator in Jeff City, um, man, Budweiser had the uh, dominant lobbyist down there. We had very loose liquor laws for them, uh, and craft breweries at the time were not like they didn't have any any help. And now, uh, now they're everywhere, which is means at least we're evolving. And but that's pretty crazy. We're making huh? progress. We're making yes. progress. And one of the reasons why you know you don't want to compete with your neighbors, and you guys don't do that because you guys close. We do. We have limited hours. Yeah. We close by eleven. Um, there were there was some uh, concern. I think Boulevard and others had that also that you don't want to compete against the people, the restaurants and bars that are buying your beer. But I think in Waldo, we close early. We have sort of a different atmosphere. I think mm-hmm. we. I think we in general. I think we're, we're a plus for the uh, other bars and restaurants in Waldo because we bring people to the area. And they hang around and they go eat pizza or something else in the neighborhood at some other locations. How'd you decide to locate in Waldo? So we engaged a uh, industrial broker to look for a site. Uh, I wanted I wanted to get an industrial building where we we paid industrial rents because we sell ninety five percent of our beer outside the tasting room. Mm-hmm. Uh, we're not that's a secondary part of our business. Uh, but I wanted to be in a location that was close to an entertainment center like seventy fifth and Warnell, the mm-hmm. Waldo area. Mm-hmm. And believe it or not, the kind of the wish was we'd be next to a park or a, a walk, walking, hiking trail where people would come by and they would readily enjoy the, the beer garden. So this location in Waldo is right on the trolley track trail. So it was really a, a good location for all those those reasons, next to an entertainment center on a hiking, biking trail, Um and it was it's basically an industrial building, so we've been able to expand from original ten thousand foot uh, floor plan to uh, twenty three thousand square feet. So, mm-hmm. 
You guys have both been there, Mark and Melissa, obviously. Uh, more yes. than once. <laughs> Tell us about the experience there, and uh, and obviously he's growing, so how you guys have been a part of that. We we had an event there not long ago, and, and I was telling Steve earlier that, that what stood out to me, um, of, of course the beer, but the the food was outstanding and, and really great. Um, you know, kind of what you'd, what you'd hope for when you're enjoying some craft beer that, you know, the, the pretzels and, and kind of a charcuterie board and mm-hmm. a really outstanding food. That's great. What about you, Mark? I've been there several times, uh, with family and with coworkers and, uh, always have had a great experience and the beer's fantastic. The food's great. And I just love that smell of walking into uh, where they're, making beer where they're brewing mm-hmm. the, the hops and the malts it's just it's a really unique smell and and uh really i'm getting thirsty right now <laughs> <laughs> i should have brought some beer Me sorry too. yeah that. i'm like uh we're, we're gonna have to get some together at some point um steve holly is our guest he's the founder of casey beer co okay tell us about the, the varieties you have because i'm on your website right now i'm looking at your packaging um you have four Year-round. Core brands, yes. Core brands. What are those, and, and what are the differences? Um, Dunkel is a brown Munich-style lager. It is our best-selling beer. Uh, 63% of all the beer we shipped in 2018 was that beer. It was 65% in 2017. Followed by Hefeweizen, which is a Bavarian-style wheat ale. Mm-hmm. Uh, Helles Lager, which is a golden Munich-style lager. And then um, Pils, which is a German-style Pilsner. So then we only have four seasonals. Um, Winterbach is our current seasonal out. It's a eight and a quarter percent uh, dark lager. Maybach a six and a quarter percent amber lager is coming out February first. This summer we have a beer called Der Bauer, which means the farmer. It's a farmhouse ale, and then we have our fest beer, Oktoberfest beer, that's uh, out in the fall. So we only have eight brands that we distribute in bottles, and that's probably unlike a lot of craft breweries where they're putting out a lot of different new styles continuously to sort of, I think, get people to try new brands because craft brewers want to drink something new uh, mm-hmm. all the time. No, that we're kind of sticking with the last it. few years. Yeah. It's, it's become more of a seasonals and all kinds yeah. of new things. Yeah, and, and part of that is, um, we might get in this later, but when we opened, there were 2,500 breweries in the United States. There are 7,000 now. Mm-hmm. And so breweries were able to grow by expanding their territory um, five, six, ten years ago quite easily because there was a real demand for diversity in the craft beer market. But now most cities have a lot of local beer, and people would rather drink the local beer that they've got uh, as opposed to buying the the beer that's from Oregon or Washington State here in Kansas City. Let me ask you this, Steve. If you started this company today in 2019, I can't believe we're in 2019, it, would it be impossible to get investors or loans because there's so many other it, comp- competitors out there it, compared to when it, you started? It would be it would be a lot more difficult. I don't know as a businessman if I would have done the same model. I might have done something smaller just mm-hmm. to fulfill my uh, desire to, to make beer. But, yeah, it's certainly way more competitive. It's, it's 2,500 breweries five years ago, 7,000 now. And you see a lot of the big regional or national breweries are contracting rapidly in sales uh, they just can't sell their beer a thousand two thousand miles from their base because there's a lot of other local breweries that are selling beer uh now that people would rather have the local brands and they're 
they're starting their own uh, their own kind of craft beers the big the big companies yeah so, or buying companies yeah. or and and, it, and that all just kind of evolved too right so so last year the the growth in the large uh, national or re- super regional craft breweries w- was zero to negative and the growth in volume in the craft market segment was from all the very small breweries that opened that a lot of them just have a tasting room they may not even be open uh, six or seven days a week but it's it's a small brewery where the owner is very passionate about it and it's a very niche market and they get very local customers but that's where all the growth has been and it's probably going to continue for a while what's funny is and we got to go to break here is i remember when i had john mcdonald from boulevard on four years ago he was telling me that it was the craft beer segment was only like everyone thinks it's growing but it was like seven or eight percent back then of the total beer sales in the country which is nothing compared to you think about like yeah and it, but but it, you just you get this mindset that everyone's drinking craft beer now but there's still those people that won't touch it right yeah craft beer is <laughs> about twelve percent now so wow. it did grow but still uh, 12%. but still think about seventy percent of the people in the United States still drink uh, Bud and Bud Light amazing Coors and Coors. That, that's still the big the big brands in the United States very interesting we got one segment left we'll be right back on the Grill Nation show. Welcome back to the Grill Nation show. I'm your host, Jason Grill. I appreciate you joining us today. It's been a great show here on 980 AM. And if you're on iTunes, we appreciate you joining us. If you're in your car, at the gym, working, whatever, listening on a podcast today, connect with me at Jason Grill on Twitter and at grillnationshow.com. Uh, Steve Holly is with us, co-founder and managing owner of Casey Beer Co. is also joined today by Mark Fitzpatrick and Melissa Valenciano. Two of the awesome people at MoBank BOK Financial, a uh, great company here in Kansas City. Steve, we've been talking about your journey, your beer, everything uh, that's going on at KC Beer Co. Um, talk to us about kind of the future. What What are some of the things that you envision for this brand and this company going forward? Uh, recently had an article in the Business Journal about kind of thriving in a tough beer market. I, I Everyone I know drinks beer, so tell us about why it's a uh, why it's tougher. You're thriving right now, so what's what's next? Well, uh, we're holding our own, but as I mentioned, it, there's a lot more competition in the marketplace. So we basically distribute beer from Wichita, Manhattan, eastward, and then from uh, Sedalia, uh, westward, so basically the third of Kansas and Missouri. We'll probably finish out Kansas this year in terms of distribution at some point and probably add a market like Columbia. But at that point, I think we're going to just focus on, and we're going to do that this year, just focus on selling beer because um, one of the risks is if you get too spread out, you can't support the brand. And I, and I think that happened with Tallgrass out of Manhattan. They got really big really fast by expanding to like 15 or 18 states. And then when I mentioned all these new breweries open, and they were, there was a lot of local brews that people could, could choose, it was hard to sustain those sales. So I think it's really important, and I think – Craft brewers are realizing that you really have to be good in your home market where you're you're local. So that is what we will be doing, and um, we're investing in in uh, marketing, and, and we've hired people to help us sell our beer. So that's that's really what we're going to is is going deeper into the markets where we're at. We want to be uh, in a small 
deep pond and a shallow, wide ocean in, in terms of where we're selling our beer. And I will mention that you guys shipped 13,275 barrels of beer in 2018. That was up almost 20%, 18.5% right. from 2017. That's good news. It is. Um, <laughs> That's so, good for your, your bankers over there like to hear that you're growing. Right. We're, <laughs> we're, we're going to it. Um, it's it's still something you really have to to work at and support those those new sales sales in those new territories. So, as I mentioned, we we have those four brands, and we only had four brands in bottles. Well, three brands in bottles in 2017. So in in 18, we introduced our uh, three of our four seasonals. My Bach will be the fourth seasonal in bottles, and then we put our Pilsner uh, Lager pills in a in a bottle uh, last year also. So and that, you guys have won a lot of awards, which has helped. We had a great uh, 2018. I'm, I'm smiling when I say this. Uh, we brought on a new marketing director, uh, Andrew Zender. Who yes. I think he talked with. So uh, he was good about suggesting, have you guys ever sent your beers into um, the, these magazines like Craft Beer and Brewing or Beer Connoisseur and have them rated? So, no, we haven't. Okay, we'll do it. So we sent in seven of our beers. They all got rated 91 uh, or higher in Craft um, Beer Connoisseur. Um, rated our beers, um, three of them in the, in the top 100. So our fest beer was ranked the 10th best beer, um, last year. So we're excited about that. And obviously we'll be, we'll be letting people know that we've got some critically acclaimed beers and it's, it's, we make a very specific type of beer and we do it a lot of things that are very non-traditional in terms of making lagers and things. So it was, it was gratifying just from a professional basis to have some other people recognize what we do. So are you going to have uh, Mark, Melissa, and I invited? Are we all going to hang out at your Oktoberfest party this year? You're I, invited. I, I, You're when, invited. When is yeah, that? It's how, October how does... 4th and 5th. It's okay. at Crown Center. Okay. Uh, it's on the main plaza. People have been to Irish Fest. It, it's oh, yeah. located in the same area. So we use that big tent over the ice skating rink, and we'll, we've got a uh, stage there. And we have uh, German music. Uh, it's lots of fun. We have a lot of our beers. Uh, Grunauer was one of the... Uh, Food sponsors, mm-hmm. Grunauer, the Austrian oh, yeah. uh, restaurant in the Crossroads. Uh, Semeca was there, chicken and pickle. So we'll we'll, we'll have that uh, going with the food, the beer, the entertainment, some games, uh, a lot of fun stuff. So it's it's a fun weekend. A lot, a lot of pretzels, guys. A lot and, of pretzels. And we, and we will have pretzels. <laughs> um, tell me about the local community. You mentioned all the competition, and obviously it's growing. Uh, what what you guys talk? Do you get along? I mean, do brewers all are they know each other? How does that work? Is that, I know in the entrepreneurial community, yeah. as far as Kansas City goes, with the tech community at least, um, people want to see success stories. People want to see Kansas City getting national exposure, no matter what they with with the industry. So, what's that like? Uh, so, the, the beer brewing business is has a very fraternal uh, feeling of camaraderie, and I think a lot of that's because when the industry got started twenty five thirty years ago, it's, it was home brewers, and you were kind of figuring things out, and you had to rely on friends to help you get that learn how to do this. So that camaraderie still exists. In fact, we had a, a meeting at our brewery last Monday night uh, with a bunch of local brewers. So the brewers are very um, cooperative, help each other. We talk. It's a fun industry. We do what we love. So uh, that's, a, that's what makes being in the beer business so much fun. Mm-hmm. Now, you go to the sales side of the business, and that gets a little more competitive. <laughs> um, so there are some things there that, um, you know, the sales side of the business, is, it's a different feeling than the production side. But, mm-hmm. uh, yeah, it's, it's, uh, 
it's still a great business to be in and, and we're just trying to all make our way. Yes, I totally agree. I got a couple quickies. Um, what is your favorite beer you've ever had or ever drink in your, in your life? And you, you, you can pick your own, but I mean, it's more fun. Well, if you... I, I would say, uh, our Hellas Lager, which is the Golden Bavarian Lager is my favorite beer. Uh, that beer is based off of a beer, two beers, uh, Edelstoff, which is brewed by Augustiner in Munich and then, um, Andex, uh, Lager. And in fact, on a trip to the Andex Monastery, it's a monastery in Southern Bavaria. That's where we got our yeast strains for the lager and the hefeweizen. But uh, that's mm-hmm. probably my favorite style. Those are probably Andex and Augustiner Edelstoff are the two best examples. Got to pick myself up a six pack of those, Mark and Melissa, <laughs> the Hellas Lager. I've never yeah. had that one. Yeah. I've had a few of yours, but never had that. Um, if somebody's never been to Germany before, where would you tell them to go to visit? So I do a couple things. I would go to a beer garden. I would suggest um, the Augustiner Beer Garden near the main train station, the Hauptbahnhof, and then in the big. Uh, Where's that at? In Munich. In Munich, okay. and, and I'm talking about Munich. And then, I, or also, I would go to the Englischer uh, Garden um, there. In it's it's a large park like Central Park in Munich. And then I I think you need to go to the Hofbräuhaus. House. I mean, it's mm-hmm. there's a lot of tourists there, but that's. Part of the fun thing about it, it's the world's biggest beer hall, mm-hmm. but you will sit next to people from all over the world and you'll drink beer and you'll have a great time. It's really a fun place to go. So I, w- I would pick those three places. I'm have to get those written down so I can spell them correctly. I've been to the, I did this when I'll I was write in college for you. and yeah. I did a bike tour and I remember we went to a lot of these. Went, there's like six or seven huge ones and we went, to, I know we went to the Opera House. Um, thank you guys for coming in today. Uh, Mark and Melissa from MoBank Bioca Financial. Uh, again, how do you guys keep in touch with each other? How do you guys you guys always help out throughout this process, this growth? Is that how you help out your customers? They, they they do, and and so we do a lot. So we we have a line of credit that we draw down on from time to time, mm-hmm. uh, and they're they're great about doing that. Uh, we import malt and hops, so we need foreign chur- currency exchange services, so so they they help with that. And then um, you know, there's always uh, transfer and, and things of that that they help us with so yeah it's a good relationship very cool and steve is great you guys about, get beer a lot i mean well, <laughs> Steve's great about keeping it getting, keeping us updated on financial information and that always makes it love it well appreciate you guys coming in today steve thank you for joining us today from kc beer co check them out at kcbier.com i appreciate you joining us again today on the grill nation show we'll see you